This is episode one of the Wavy Podcast, where we talk about all things flowing. My name is Gemma, and I'm your host, as well as the managing editor of the soundtrack. Today, I'm here with my friend and contributor, Dakota Arsenault. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's so awesome to be on the Wavy Podcast. I'm honored to have you on episode one. Do you want to tell um, the listeners maybe a bit about what you do for the site? Yeah, sure. Uh, I mostly do photography. I do a little bit of writing. I guess I really haven't done a ton of writing yet uh, for the soundtrack, but I, I imagine that's going to change. But I love going to concerts. I'm more interested in maybe more smaller shows, so you'll probably see me covering some smaller acts. But uh, I've, I've been around since the beginning. You, you reached out to me right when you were starting it up, and I was super happy that you did. And, and I'm very glad that you give me this platform to be able to contribute and show some of my work. And it's been a, a ton of fun, and I'm glad to be a part of this next evolution. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to have you on the team, and thank you so much for your time. Oh, no worries. So, so today, um, we are going to count down the top albums of the decade, year by year. So, um, let's jump right into it. 2010, some honorable mentions go out to Teen Dream by Beach House, Halikin Digest, Halikon Digest, I'm not sure to, how to pronounce that, I should probably know, uh, that is by Deer Hunter, and my top record would be Inner Speaker by Tame Impala. Surprisingly, this actually wasn't something I listened to until last year (laughs) um but this is definitely my favorite record from that year and it's my favorite tame impala record out of the three yeah three um i find it is very fluid it's very much a journey it's very consistent throughout i think there's some records that can sound kind of scattered with good songs but maybe they don't necessarily all go together very well and that's okay like there's nothing wrong with that always but i just find this is very much an experience um there's themes of change loss life alteration this was something i found relatable to myself as i graduated school this year started my first job started my own blog lots of change and all that so it meshed very well with me um but yeah it's a very it's very psych rock and beatles influenced this is this is interesting i look at I'm not going to give anything away, but I look at your list and it's very interesting to kind of see uh, how your taste maybe has grown a bit, but also really what roots you. And and I definitely see a, a strong sense of guitars with effects pedals throughout your yeah. list, which is really yeah. interesting. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I'd say that's my jam. <laughs> uh, but like... Inner Speaker is a fantastic record. That's one of Tame Impala's. That's probably, of the three, the one that I listen to the least. I, I got mm-hmm. into them during the Lonerism era, and so it's nice to kind of revisit it. And Because normally I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to some Tame Impala. It's either Current or Lonerism. I don't really go to Inner Speaker very often, but I'm glad I was, I was able to re-listen to it. 
and I and I find listening to it, it's got it has a bit less psychedelic vibes than Lonerism does. It's a little bit more straightforward rock, but you uh-huh. can really see those seeds of what they'd eventually come later on from this album. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's very much a bit of a prequel to what they were going to grow into. Another thing to mention is all my top songs for this year on Spotify, they were all from Inner Speaker, which is a bit embarrassing, but that's totally fine. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm curious to hear what your favorite album from 2010 is. Sure, this was a a bit of a a tough one because I thought 2010 was a great time for music. I look back at myself, I was 21 then, and so I was still trying to figure out what my taste was and and two really big honorable mentions for me were Robin's Body Talk which she released over three EPs and then eventually oh sorry two EPs and then eventually combined it into one large album and then Arcade Fire's The Suburbs which was like the album that everyone was listening to that year and won Grammy of the Year Album of the Year and the Polaris Prize and all that sort of stuff but I think you can't understate the influence of Kanye's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. This came after sort of a tumultuous time from him and then he was able to just go into the studio and record his magnum opus in my opinion his best record yet. It's got a whole bunch of really wild and different sounds and he does the big bombast thing and then he also strips everything down and makes it really simple but at the root of it is his really deeply personal and intense lyrics and he like gets some great features out of really good people whether it's jay-z or rick ross uh it's just bon Iver as well like everyone is on this album and you think it shouldn't work but it really does work yeah totally um i think that was kind of his last like really good album in my opinion um like not to say that i don't like the others like i'm a i love kanye i love kanye so much um but you know it i just feel like this was the last one that really dropped a nice impact can i'd say it's the most consistent album like i found with like yeezus and life of pablo and yay and whatever um it's just i don't love all the songs on there but i feel like i love all, all the songs on that album it's super hype as you said filled with collabs um and i love runaway (laughs) so yeah um but moving on to 2011 honorable mentions go out to days by real estate i would often fall asleep and nap to that album (laughs) and uh, uh strange mercy from saint vincent but um who takes the cake here is Bon Iver with his titled album Bon Iver. I found this album to be extremely emotional and powerful. Every song is paced so beautifully. Um, I think his vocals are definitely an acquired taste. It, it's something that kind of had to grow on me, but like I remember listening to it and thinking like, uh, I'm not so into this, but I was like, but I I don't know, I kind of wanted to be, you know, like there was something there that I, like I just knew was special and then eventually I just got into it. Um, and I think they just accompany the style of um, the sound on the album so well. It's just a very unique and delicate album, I'd say. Um, and just very, very powerful. And, it, you know, definitely touches my heart. I really didn't get into 
his music until 22 a million i i like i knew skinny love from his his first record but that wasn't one an album of his that i was super familiar with so it was nice to to listen to it and much like tame impala you can see how eventually he would sort of play with effects that he did in his last two albums but it's a lot more simple and, and to the point where his songwriting was was really the focus at this point and it really was a beautiful album i was glad i got to to listen to it curious to hear about your 2011 yeah this one uh was an interesting one i i feel it was a bit tougher to to pick some ones that really stood out uh, Drake's Take Care has a lot of great songs. This was an album that uh, I got into later words. I wasn't into him at the time, but I, I did eventually go back to that. James Blake, his self-titled album as well. I really love his sort of piano R&B sort of thing that he does. But my, my top album from that year definitely has to be M83's Hurry Up or Dreaming. Midnight City was like the song of the year. You couldn't go anywhere without hearing that like awesome horn breakdown that they have. Yeah. And it was just all over the place. And then you listen to the album and it's like this like double album masterpiece of such cinematic feeling and you you really feel like you're in this haze and you're waking up and going back to sleep and you're kind of piecing things together and it doesn't always make sense and sometimes it's a little weird at times and then other times it's like very straightforward you understand where they're coming from you got like that french house music influence on top of it and so it's got a whole lot of things going to it and it's definitely the the longest record on my list probably up there with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy but i think it's even longer and it's a bit of a patience tester but i think if you're really wanting to sit down it's it can be a really rewarding album it was interesting because when I saw you picked this one, I remember like I was I just went to revisit it and I was like, oh, this is definitely like a two hour album. But then I saw it's only an hour and 13 minutes or something. And it it feels a lot longer. Um, it It's a fun album. I'm a bit picky about their vocals, to be honest. Like, I really have to be in the mood for it. Um, but like. I really like Opal. I like um, Wait. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes I find there's like a bit too much repetition. But mm-hmm. overall, it is definitely like a beautiful album. Um, it's an acquired taste. I think personally, I just have to be in the mood for it. But yeah, I really like that pick. It's a bit <laughs> of a shame that they basically got so successful that they've tried to run away from that and have done increasingly weirder music to the point where most of it I really don't care for so it's it's you see that every once in a while with an artist you look at someone like MGMT where they got so successful and they're like whoa we don't actually want this much fame Mm -hmm. and they back away from it yeah what was the name of their most recent album wasn't it called like space food or something like that I don't, yeah they, I they remember but a couple soundtracks yeah well i i could see that being fitting but i i don't know their most recent album i just remember being like it's a no for me <laughs> so to 2012 honorable mentions go out to mature themes by ariel pink's haunted graffiti and attack on memory by cloud nothings but my top album would be mac demarco 2 this is my favorite Mac DeMarco album. Nothing has actually topped it. I love Mac DeMarco. He's a phenomenal artist, but this is by far my favorite piece of work from him. 
Um, it's a fun album. I don't think there's a particular theme. He's very much just talking about his life, filled with highs and lows. And I think this album features a lot of his classics, like Ode to Viceroy, Freaking Out the Neighborhood, My Kind of Woman, which I love the music video for. Um, but yeah, I love this album. And, uh, you know, I love Mac. I love what he's put out after that. But I'm sorry, I just had nothing. Nothing's been able to top that. Not even Salad Days. Wow, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> I I got into Mac DeMarco for this album too. My, a good friend of mine, Michael Natale, introduced me. He's like, you got to listen to this guy named Mac DeMarco. He's really weird. He like puts drumsticks <laughs> up his butt when he plays live shows. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? And so we like really hyped it up. And so I listened to it. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. But it's like so intoxicating too. He's basically, yeah. this is, I would say, this is like the height of hipster records. And I, I mean that as a compliment. This is like kind of when people were like, oh, what does hipster mean? You're, that's a, it's a bad <laughs> word. But like you talked about Ode to Viceroy. It's like the classic song where you just want to smoke cheap cigarettes and drink cheap beer. And it's yep. ridiculous. And I love this album. Yeah, I'm glad the feeling is mutual. Okay, so throwing it to you to chat about your 2012. So this was a great year as well. I like I love going back and and revisiting this. You know, when you first approached me about this idea, I was like, oh, I can't think of them. And then I'm going through year by year, and it's like I could have made a list of 50 albums. So it's been really fun to go back. As far as my honorable mentions for this year, Alt J and Awesome Wave. That was such like a, a weird album that you know you didn't really know much about and they just sounded so different than anything else at the time uh, and then frank ocean and channel orange like you can't just help but fall in love with his vocals and his, his songwriting but my number one album had to be kendrick lamar's good kid mad city i had heard of him before but this is the one that really broke him through and he had so many jams on this record that it was it was just so both infectious, but at the same time, he was really able to tell his story about where he came from. And it's like this, I'm not usually one for concept albums, but he does such a good job with this, telling the story of sort of like the day in the life of a kid in the inner city, talking about the kids that he, he knows, his friends, and then the girl he's interested in, but then gang life and all this different stuff. But it's like got so many great songs on their own. You don't need to know the rest of the story, whether it's like Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe or Money Trees or Poetic Justice or Swimming Pools Drank. Like there's so many great songs on this. You don't, It doesn't even matter the fact that this is one cohesive album, but the fact that it is just makes it all the better for me. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You pretty much stole the words from me um <laughs> or took the words out of my mouth rather anyway yeah filled with bangers super hype it's definitely a masterpiece um i you know i like the whole storytelling vibe i find kendrick is just really good at that um and all of his pieces of art but yeah overall just a fantastic hype album yeah and like you listen to some songs like swimming pools drank on the surface it's like such a party song but then the more yeah. you listen to it and the more you listen to the lyrics you're like this is a deeply depressing and dark song and why does it have this killer beat on it yeah yeah sounds about right yeah so moving into 2013 my honorable mentions go out to the 2020 experience by Justin Timberlake. Underrated. Not, 
a very underrated um nighttime my time by sky ferreira which is more poppy and upbeat than uh, most of the things i have on this list but um i love it and then yeezus by connie west but what takes the cake for me is waking on a pretty days by kurt vile this is a pretty laid-back album i'd say some people i've actually had a lot of people who tell me it's boring to them um so maybe i'm an odd one out for this to be my number one pick from 2013 i don't know i just personally enjoy the pace of this album i don't think he's trying to do anything or i don't think he was trying to do anything crazy by it um i can just appreciate the laid-back slow pace it's not an album that's a rush at all um i think you listen to it when you're laying back hanging out whatever um it's simple which I've also heard complaints about, but I think when you're listening to Kurt Vile, like that's just kind of what it is, and you just have to kind of have an appreciation for that style. Um, at the same time, it is sort of psych rock. Also, like I, I don't think when I think when you listen to Kurt Vile, like you're not really listening for the vocal aspect. Like I think it is something that I can appreciate and can be appreciated, but I think it very much complements the instrumental aspect. I think this is the type of record that, depending on the mood you're in, is going to hit you a little bit differently. Like if you're wanting, if you're if you're feeling like uptight or anxious or something, and you just need to like calm down, I think this is a great record to sort of just mellow you out. But then on the yep. flip side, if you're already feeling like, oh, I'm having a good day, things are going nice, I don't want this day to go by me, it's also <laughs> a good album to kind of just like slow down the pace and, and let everything sort of happen. And also, like, yeah. if you just need a, a bit of a pick-me-up, I think it's got some, like, nice sunny vocals where you're like, ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of grooving to this. Like, it's it, whatever <laughs> you're sort of looking for, I think it can kind of offer it to you. Yeah. No, it's very atmospheric. And in all honesty, like, how I got into Kurt Vile was um, watching his Way Home set and um, him playing the song, like, Waking on a Pretty Days. Um, it just, I don't know, it just tied me or it just grabbed me in and um it got me onto this album and now whenever i listen to it i just think of being at that music festival and hanging out in the sun just relaxing having a good time being carefree um but i think you phrased that really well but <laughs> i'd love to hear about your 2013 sure uh, another great year uh, a couple of my honorable mentions would be Deaf Heaven and their Sunbather album. I never heard of them before. And like this, the term black shoegaze was something that was so foreign to me. And, and I really dug what they were going for. And then Rye Woman, which I think is just a classic, you know, very sensual, sexual album that like just radiates energy that uh, I, I love the vocals on that and the beats. You just it's hard not to like dance to that and be like oh yeah i'm feeling this one um but my number one i know i'm being i'm being ridiculous oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah i better not like hear this looped as uh as like a <laughs> beat or something <laughs> well now, my... now that's in my mind so thank you <laughs> uh, but my number one has to be Vampire Weekend's Modern Vampires of the City. I was a huge fan of their first two albums. You know, they're, I wouldn't say that they're straightforward indie pop rock albums because they definitely do a lot of uh, 
they, they take a lot of inspiration from weird places, whether it's like the talking heads or Afro music, things like that. But modern vampires of the city, they really sort of refined everything and, and sort of distilled it into more of its purest form. And the lyrics really took front stage to this. And there's some like really clever wordplay I think it's their their most complete album yet, and, and as we learned afterwards, that uh, after Rostam left the band, frankly, I don't think they're nearly as good because they finally it took them forever to come out with a new album, Father of the Bride, which came out this year, and it's got a couple decent songs, but it's nowhere near the highs that Modern Vampires of the City was for me. Yeah, I like that you made that point. I saw this on. Well, their most recent record, I saw it on a lot of like top album lists. It's actually on uh, the soundtracks list, and yeah, I really didn't, I really didn't love it. Um, but in you know, back to the subject matter, um, to this album. Uh, in all honesty, I'm just not a huge Vampire Weekend fan. It's not something I've like given the time to, and I think I will eventually. I probably will get into it, maybe. Um, but this has some classics on it. Um, Unbelievers, I love that song. My favorite on the album is probably Step. Um, um, I've, oh, I've loved that song for years. Always will. Never never will get old. But yeah. Moving to 2014. Future Islands Singles is an honorable mention, as well as It's Album Time by Todd Terger. That one is an absolute banger. Definitely overlooked, I'd say. But what takes the cake is Lost in the Dream from The War on Drugs. I think this is just such a very detailed album, so beautifully done, very 80s rock vibes, Springsteen, if you will. I think a lot of dads could listen to this, but I'd say it's like a cooler dad rock. I don't know. It's like it's like dad rock, but like a bit more modern. I think it can, you know, it can be nice to uh, nice to the ears of people in their younger 20s, but then also people in maybe their 40s or 50s. Um, but it's, you know, I really love the long interludes that can really just kind of take me to another place. Um, they're so detailed and so much layering going on. And there's some beautiful emotions displayed in this album, like songs, um, in, in like an ocean in between the waves and, um, eyes to the wind. Yeah. That's what takes the cake for me for 2014. Yeah. This, this is a really great record for me too. I, I I appreciate that you named it, and like I mentioned at the top, you you kind of have a bit of a style in this list, and you know whether it's Kurt Vile or Tame Impala, these all these sort of acts can can kind of work together in, in similar scopes. But uh, yeah, the the Bruce Springsteen comparison I think has kind of haunted them or their entire career. There's a couple songs though I would feel like if Bruce Springsteen and Bob Dylan made a band and then Adam from the War on Drugs was kind of producing it all, this is really like the the culmination of that, um, which I really enjoy. And I think like I don't know, like I I hate the term dad rock only because I. I find myself, I listen to like a little bit of everything. I'm like, I'm not a dad. I'm whatever you want to call me. And uh, <laughs> and then I, I, I realize like the people that like exclusively listen to stuff like the War on Drugs and the National and things like that. I'm like, oh, I, all right. I, I kind of see where the term is coming from. But at the same yeah. time, like I want to push back against it. I'm like, but they're cool. I like them. I, I'm cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I said it's cool, Dad Rock. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the, the the guy that like uh, I don't know. 
I'm trying to come up with some joke about the guy that drops his kid off at daycare, but like still wears skinny jeans or something. And I'm, I, yeah. I, have, no, I have no joke for that. Oh, that's a great, no, no. I think that's a great description. I don't think there needs to be a joke. I think that's just what it is. And I, I think you really nailed it there. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. For me, you know, the first one that you mentioned was Future Island Singles love Future Island. I finally got to see them live for the first time this year, uh, or last year, sorry, at Oceaga. So, you were there too. We, we yeah. watched that set together, didn't we? I feel like we, I, I honestly don't, I didn't think we did. No, uh, we didn't. No? We did not. Okay. I remember chatting about it after and I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, because it brought me to tears. Like it was such a, a, a strong performance where uh, they really connected with the crowd and like he was crying as well. I was like, oh my I God, I feel like I'm connected. <laughs> yeah. I do remember his jeans being a little too tight for my liking. A little too tight, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but still a, a fantastic album uh, that, that really should be checked out if you haven't checked them out yet. The, my other honorable mention was Caribou, Our Love. I, I really love that infectious, you know, synthetic beats that they've got going on that they, they all record live. Dan Snaith is a genius. And I can't wait for the next Caribou album to come out because it's already been six years. I believe the ne his new album is finally coming out next year, so I'm really excited for that. But my number one record from that year was Spoon, They Want My Soul. I had seen them uh, actually accidentally a few years earlier. They were playing at North by Northeast, and I didn't really know who they were. And I went to the Horseshoe Tavern expecting to see a different band play. I can't remember who it was. And I was like, wow, this venue is unusually packed for some no-name band. And then uh, I believe it was Sarah Ricks was like, were you stupid? Spoon is doing a secret show. I'm like... What? How did I get in if Spoon is doing a secret show? And I ended up right at the very front and, and saw this fantastic show of a band that I only kind of knew. And like from that, I got super hooked into them and have like followed them ever since. And They Want My Soul, I think, is the perfect album for me. Their earlier stuff is a little, I don't want to say it's too aggressive at times because it's not always. But like They Want My Soul, I love the sort of laid back R&B influence they bring to their rock sound. Yeah, no, um, I think Spoon's a great band. Um, I'm actually more into their older stuff. Um, funny enough, when I had a Tumblr blog, I think I was in grade 12, I did a little phone interview with their drummer. What? So That's so that cool. That was cool. Yeah, it's somewhere in the internet if uh, you do some Google. Anywho, um, admittedly, I actually have not listened to this album all the way through, but um, from the songs I have heard, it's really great. I love New York Kiss. That's one of my jams, probably mm -hmm. forever will be. Um, but yeah. But like I, Rent I Pay and Inside Out, uh, They listen. Want My Soul. Oh, such a good album. Oh, I'm probably <laughs> going to put it on after this. Yeah. Okay. Moving into 2015. Honorable mentions go out to Currents by Tame Impala. So good. And um, To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. But uh, my favorite would be Carrie and Lowell from Sue Jan Stevens. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to say his name right. <laughs> but this song, or this song, this album is extremely emotionally powerful. Um, it's so intimate. He's telling just this crazy story about, you know, his struggles he went through from his childhood, dealing with his... Um, 
mother who had some issues with alcohol and you really just get a chance to dive in deep he feels conflicted because she's passed away but and he kind of wishes he had a closer relationship with her but he's still angry about um his upbringing it's just like i don't know it's just insane this album like hit me super hard um it's probably my favorite of the decade i'm gonna say um but I wouldn't say there's one bad track. Track it tells a story beautifully. Um, you, he's an educated uh, like like he went to school for music, and I think you can really see that in this record, hear that rather in this record, and you can just tell it was there was a lot of time put into it, and uh, yeah, it's just something that's really close to my heart personally. Oh man, this this is so awkward. I've got like you hate that record. <laughs> I've got like the worst hot take about this album that's probably gonna make you lose all credibility and, and friendship that we have. I think it's <laughs> such an overrated album. I remember when it came out and everyone was just like fawning over it and I'm just like, I get it. It's just boring. It's not for everyone. It's so not you, for everyone. If you wanna like cut me off right now and disconnect my mic, I understand. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, it was a great show. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I get it. It's not for everyone. Um, there, there's only a yeah. few tracks of Stevens that I, I really sort of connect with. I like the stuff that he did on Call Me By Your Name. Um, Gideon, I think, was the name of one of the songs on that. Visions of Gideon. Visions of Gideon. I really like that one. And there's a couple stuff from Age of Odds that I really like. But like for the most part, I'm I'm pretty indifferent to, to Suvian Stevens. Yeah, in all honesty, like, I can I can say, like, for me, I really love the emotional aspect of this. Like, I'm a sucker for an artist who can just tell a story so and, and like, be so raw and open and specific. Um, so, for me, what drags me into this is the story and the, and the emotion. Maybe I'm a bit biased because that's what I that's what I personally like. But but I do think it's still like musically beautiful. Um or instrumentally beautiful and such. But I, I respect your feelings. Curious to know what you feel about 2015. Well, I'll just end it with, like, I'm the one that probably <laughs> has the incorrect take about that album. So, like, don't don't feel like you need to apologize on that. That's on me. Oh, I'm not apologizing. <laughs> Trust me. Okay, good. Uh, I'm so glad <laughs> that you mentioned uh, Current. I, I That was probably, like, my, like, one honorable mention that I, I just didn't include because I knew you'd probably bring it up. That's a great one that, that I'm sure, for some reason, when it came out, that was a divisive album, but have since become... I'm like, no, no, Current is a great album. Everyone knows Current is a great album. Yeah. Uh, but I remember at the time people being like so split on it, which was so weird because I listened to it. I'm like, this is a classic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my uh, honorable mentions are, are Magical Clouds, Impersonator. I really love their, their lo-fi mystique about them. And like, this is my sort of Carrie and Lowell where their lyrics like just hit me so hard. If you're ever like my, my go-to after I leave a concert and it's, you know, 11, 12, 1 o'clock at night and you're you're walking the streets to, to catch a subway or a streetcar or whatever and you just sort of need to decompress after a show, listening to Magical Clouds is like the perfect way to do it because it makes everything really atmospheric but not in like a, a creepy or dark way but just in sort of like this beautiful longing way. So Magical Clouds is really good uh, relaxation music for that. 
my other honorable mention would be Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. This is an album that is probably the most significant record of the decade, so it's really hard not to at least acknowledge it. Uh, but my, my number one is Jamie XX's In Color. I It took me a while to get into the XX. In fact, I needed Jamie XX's solo album to really be able to go back and appreciate what they were doing. But like this is like such a good album to just put, if you've got a really good pair of headphones or really good speakers where you can sort of crank up the bass, everything about this like just infects your whole body, whether it's songs like uh, Gosh or um, Loud Places with his XX singer Romy. There's a few other ones like I Know There's Gonna Be Good Times with Young Thug. Like this album has so much going for it and I just love the sound it makes. And getting to see him live was crazy too because he mixes everything live on vinyl, which is wild to see. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Around this time when it came out, I was not so into the electronic scene, I guess. And I know it's not like a... I don't know, maybe an EDM album, but like I just wasn't into this sort of experimental type of sound. Um, but this year I've really gotten more into that. So I really need to give this album another listen. I like kind of, I listened to to it a little bit before um, going on this podcast. Um, I, I could, I definitely have an appreciation for the production, but, but I remember when it came out and I was just like, I just don't, I just don't see the hype. Like, sorry, like kind of, kind of how you feel about, um, Carrie and Lowell, mm-hmm. but uh, now that I have an appreciation for that type of thing, I think I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna go back and like listen to it from start to finish, and I think I would definitely appreciate it. Um, and then I like that you're telling me that about his live set. That's very admirable. It's a good party record. Sweet. Okay. Even if it's a party for one, like you're just like <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm really feeling this. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> 2016 honorable mention this was tough this is really tough for me to pick well honorable mentions go out to atrocity exhibition by danny brown um it's crazy how he just goes in between all these different personas um it honestly blows my mind and if you see danny brown live it's absolutely mind-blowing i totally recommend going to see him live um but i had a really hard time picking between uh is the Izar by dive and a moon-shaped pool by radiohead both albums really are close to my heart but um this time it was a moon-shaped pool took top one for that year so this is actually my third favorite radiohead record it's so atmospheric and eerie um but at the same time upbeat and dark at times dreamy i love how they brought back um true love waits it's just phenomenal um and i've had a lot of people just be like I don't get how that's your third favorite Radiohead um, record. And I'm just, I I don't know. I I loved it. And uh, yeah, maybe it's a bit underrated, I'd say. Now, you say third favorite Radiohead album. Radiohead is my favorite band of all time. I'm I'm definitely curious. What are your number one and two? Am I putting you on the spot here? My number one is OK Computer. And then my number two is Kid A. Interesting, interesting. I like that. Mine is probably in Rainbows, Kid A, and then maybe a Moonshade Pool as well as number three. That's a fantastic nice. album. Yeah. I think we'll have to do an episode probably just about Radiohead albums. I I'm 
pretty obsessed with them. Yeah, we'll do it. Cool. <laughs> uh, no, but like this is such a good album. And, like I remember when the first single came out of Burn the Witch and it was like so upbeat for them and yeah. a really cool music video. And then the rest of the album comes out and it is, like you were saying, it's very atmospheric and nothing really like Burn the Witch, like Dex Dark and Full Stop and Identikit. Those are all like such moody pieces and it's really interesting to, to kind of get into the psyche, especially since they spent the last couple of albums before that going almost full electronic. And this was a, a sort of reverting back to their previous more rock sound. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think all their albums really sound uh, different and I think it's just really cool that they could nail down this different sound they were going for. Um, but I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. For me... This was a, another really great year for, for music. Uh, my honorable mentions are Solange's A Seat at the Table. I really love her, her vocals. She writes some terrific songs on that. And then my other one is Blood Orange, Freetown Sound, another person who's a terrific writer in Dev Hines, who is Blood Orange's real name. If you look at the sort of music he's written, he's basically writing for every modern R&B singer today, uh, including people like Solange as well. He's just, he's so perfect. And I think this is sort of the, the encapsulation of, of everything that he was working towards and the highlight of his career for me. But my number one album is Sturgill Simpson's A Sailor's Guide to Earth. It kind of took me a while to admit that I kind of like country, but it has to be a very specific kind of country music. Uh, I guess you'd be more wanting to call it something like Americana or alt country, and, and that really falls into this. You've got a whole bunch of really different influences pulling from all over the place of, of this sound. And this is a this is an album that is like very overwhelming at times, especially like the, the intro song, Welcome to Earth, Polywog. Uh, and then it's sort of like once it over encompasses everything that you're hearing, it like mellows back down and brings you back into his like song, his actual songwriting. But then he throws in a cover of uh, In Bloom by Nirvana, and it's so good. And, like, just the whole record, this is this is one of the few, like, perfect 10 albums for me. And I, and I always go back to it, and I always really enjoy it. And I think he does a great job of really kind of building this world of music. And I also like that he kind of always is throwing up the middle finger to the, the actual country music scene because he doesn't feel that he fits in. There's this story of... Uh, he wasn't happy with this country music awards that he was originally asked to play at. And he said no, because they weren't incorporating other people that he thought were actually really talented. So he actually busked outside by the arena just with his acoustic guitar and like was collecting spare change. And I think he was donating the money, whatever he made, but it was just like this F you that he could have been center stage of one of the biggest award shows of the year. And he was just like, Nope, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do my own thing instead. And I like, I really respect that about him. Cool. Um, for me, in all honesty, I'm not much of a country gal. I like older stuff like, um, Johnny cash and Bob Dylan. Uh, this year I'm, kind of starting to open my I've kind of started to open myself up a bit more to country I'm definitely a basic Casey Musgraves kind of gal um and and Orville Peck uh I think I you know I like that you're telling me that story behind it as I said like I'm a sucker for like a good 
story that's told really well through music. So I think I definitely need to give it another listen. Yeah, this was, I believe he wrote the album as basically a message to his newborn son of like, this is my life before, I'm going to tell you all about it, and then I'm sort of singing to you now. So it's really like this really beautiful moment of, of him passing the torch on to as he's recording this for his son, but he's also releasing it for everyone to hear. Oh my God, I, I actually love that. I'm definitely going to give give into that and give it another chance. <laughs> <laughs> so to 2017, honorable mentions go out to Run the Jewels 3, which is such a fun album, and The Ooze by King Cruel, which is very dark and a bit depressing. If you're in that mood, it's great. Uh, or it could send you down a rabbit hole. But I love it. Um, but my top album is self-titled uh, Slow Dive. This is like another classic shoegazy piece um it had been like many years since they released anything i think it was in i was in the 1990s the last time they released an album but the thing is like when older bands like that make comeback most of the time it's just like not great i don't know maybe that's because they're doing it for the money or whatever but they they really it was an epic return um there's a beautiful variety in the vocals it didn't lack any substance. It was super impressive. And it was just, a, I don't know, I consider it a classic shoegaze album. I was very impressed. Yeah, this was this is one that I remember when it came out, I never heard of them. And like, everyone was raging about like, Oh, my God, slow dive is back. And like, I remember looking up to it, I think it was like something like 21 or 22 years since their last album. I like it. I like shoegaze. I it's okay for me. It doesn't really hit that sweet spot that like other shoegaze records do, uh, but it's still a really solid record. And like, as you were saying, as far as comeback albums go, it's probably one of the better ones in musical history, especially taking that yeah. much time off. I am glad that you mentioned uh, The Ooze. That's a fantastic record and one that I think not a lot of people listen to. But uh, some of my other honorable mentions are The Districts, Popular Manipulations, they're a really good band, and I, and I love listening to what they they sound like. And I wish they were bigger, but at the same time, I also kind of like that they're not really well-known because I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a secret for me. Um, and then continuing the country theme, Chris Stapleton, From a Room, Volume 1. If, if people like Sturgill Simpson, they're probably going to like Chris Stapleton as well. He's a little bit more straightforward country with a little bit of a harder edge to him. But he definitely has that sort of like Hank Williams badass country vibe going for him with like some killer guitar riffs in there as well where he isn't full on country. He's got some some rock influences as well. So if you're if you're looking for new country stuff, definitely something to check out and there's nothing basic about casey musgraves i love her too there's there's no shame in that thank you i'm glad <laughs> but my uh my number one record is queens of the stone age villains album i'd kind of been uh, a cursory fan of theirs since early high school you know it was hard to to not hear their songs or see their music videos on much music and things like that back when i was growing up but villains 
was the one that like really hooked me deep into it because most of their stuff is for the most part either hard rock or psychedelic rock that sort of thing but villains is basically like a blues record something i don't want to say the black keys because they have way more snarl than the black keys could could ever hope for and i say that as a fan of the black keys but like you just listen to the melodies of like the drum and the bass and the guitar uh chord progression that they're playing this is straight up just a blues album and like this is just like what i live for like you listen to (laughs) yeah feet don't feel me now which was like their big single and the lead track from the album and like it's hard not to just like start toe tapping a little bit a little bit of head nod and then like as like the beat like actually kicks in you're like yeah i'm gonna just like get my whole body into this and then like it just (laughs) keeps going and like through the whole album it's basically like that where once you start grooving into it you're not stopping i saw them and i was like dancing the whole night it was crazy honestly mm, i don't know this one just didn't hit the spot i'm more of a songs for the deaf kind of gal also loved like clockwork um my issue is too i feel like feet don't fail me was maybe one of the best songs in the record and i didn't like that they opened up with it i'm like maybe put that in the middle i I don't know this one just didn't hit the spot for me Hmm. and i don't think it's because it's a bad record i just it just wasn't i don't know just wasn't for me but i respect how you feel i'm glad it you know i'm glad you love it agree to disagree yeah exactly that's fine (laughs) (laughs) it's fine moving on to 2018 we're almost at the end so honorable mentions go out to astro world travis scott you know good party album with lots of collabs lush from snail mail and whack world from tierra whack all the songs are one minute i really like that concept uh but top is tranquility base hotel and casino from the arctic monkeys which i feel like a lot of people did not like um they took an entirely new direction with this album which is a risk because i feel like they got a lot of their big fan base from their previous album which was very mainstream sounding with that being said, they totally pulled it off. It was atmospheric, psychedelic, and moody, and I just really feel like they they nailed that as soon as it came out. I just didn't stop listening to it. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of people either loving or hating it. I was one of the people who loved it. Yeah, not sure how you feel, though. This, this is interesting. Before I get into how I feel about it, I just remember when it <laughs> came out, you were so high on this. I, for my own fun and also for... for exercises uh regarding best albums of the year keep a spreadsheet of albums that people listen to and you had rated it so highly i was like wow Gemma, like the album just came out today how are you giving this such a high score and so it was really interesting how you kind of maintain that wave of like no this is an amazing album and it seems like like you said people were so divided on it. i i love am that's one of my favorite Arctic Monkey albums, uh, although I, I prefer their first album, Whatever People Say I Am, That's What I Am. Uh, but this is, a, this is an album that I think, depending on my mood when I'm going into it, is going to change how I feel about it. Sometimes I'll listen to it and I'll be like, yeah, this is a really misunderstood gem. And then there's other times where I'm like, eh, it's just okay. Uh, but I do, I, I appreciate the the risk that they took with it and i think more often than not it really does work so i don't think you are out of line it's just interesting how divisive of a record this actually is yeah well i mean i think 
this kind of sound is just not something that is very mainstream. It's not something you're going to hear on the radio, uh, uh, at least for most of their songs. And, you know, AM was just very mainstream. So I feel like most of their fans were just looking for something that probably sounded like a follow-up from AM, but they were just like, you know what, screw it, we're gonna we're gonna do this and we're gonna nail it, and they did. And I, this is just the kind of sound that I love. So yeah, but let let's hear about your 2018. Uh, my 2018, uh, my my honorable mentions go for Parquet Court's Wide Awake. I've been a fan of theirs since the beginning, and I think this one was kind of it's definitely their most mainstream record, and I, I really connected with it. Not because it's more mainstream, I just think it was it was just very well put together from start to finish, where other ones kind of lag a little bit, um, and then sort of continuing in this sort of harder rock realm is Idols. Joy is an act of rebellion. I'm always a, a sucker for a really great protest punk album and this really hit the spot for me but my number one album is Saba Care For Me another all-time favorite record for me Saba just does such a great job really delving deep into his emotions several of the songs I don't want to say it's a concept album because it's not um but yeah, there's several songs that really deal with his cousin who was his mentor that got him into rapping who eventually got shot over a pair of shoes I believe and that's what like the final song is about prom slash king it's all dedicated to his cousin and it's absolutely heartbreaking because you go this whole album where you're, you're understanding where he came from and who Saba is as a person and then you get this like really big long epic song I can't even remember how long it is I, th- I feel like it's close to like eight minutes or something and it like builds you up with this really beautiful story and then you find out that his cousin gets shot and dies and then just like the utter heartbreak that he feels and it like just punches me in the gut every time I listen to it and I like that the lyrics are just so easy to follow there's no mistaking what kind of a story he's trying to tell wow I didn't know that about that record Mm -hmm. um I've listened to it a couple times for some reason just didn't grab me i love uh the song calligraphy but now that you're telling me that and as you know i'm a sucker for all that emotional stuff uh i'm definitely gonna have to give that another listen out of your top three i probably would have picked wide awake from parquet courts it's a fun record Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely so here we are in 2019 this is it the final year <laughs> so for me um honorable mentions go out to magdalene by fka twigs thank you robert pattinson <laughs> then when we all fall asleep where do we go by billy eilish and then also uh fear inoculum from tool that was so amazing um i also saw them live recently which was just unbelievable very loud but unbelievable but uh my top record goes out to anima from tom york so um for those of you who don't know this is the front man of radiohead this is his third solo album it's a very uh eclectic collection of songs and i was listening all year long it contains a lot of elements of techno alternative rock pop ambient and psychedelic kind of vibes find every track falls into the next one perfectly very much an experience just the detail and the sounds of these record are mixed so beautifully and it just had me 
impressed more and more after each listen. I'm always noticing some other extra detail and it's just, I don't know, it's just very fascinating to me. And I really like how the overall theme about the album is about like sleeping and dreams. And uh, it's just so fitting when you think of it uh, while listening to the record. It's funny as a big Radiohead fan, as we talked about earlier, that Tom York was the one that was sort of pushing them towards this electronic sound. And when he's finally able to go full into it, how dance heavy it is. Like, it's so weird to think about like, oh yeah, that sad guy that sings about the sad songs and that sad rock band. Yeah, he loves to dance. That's a great pick. Um, my my runner-ups were, were Lizzo, Cause I Love You. I think she kind of gets overshadowed by her singles that really sort of took off. But I think overall the album is, is really deep and has a lot going for it that I really appreciate it. And, and now, unfortunately, it's the type of album where if I hear some of the songs, I kind of like roll my eyes and groan because I've heard it so many times this year like you couldn't you can't go anywhere without hearing uh juice or um or uh what's the other song um I, I can't remember the other one that I, I'm thinking of that I know what you're talking about but I can't remember either yeah oh. but there's there's a couple songs on where it's just like so overplayed where I just can't stand it anymore but the album as a whole is terrific the Good other Good as hell, yes, 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 exactly. Um, the other honorable mention for me is Pup and Morbid Stuff. I've been a fan of them since their their last record, and I think this is a, a really good distillation of everyone they're doing. Their production is at their best. Their songwriting is very clear and concise. They're angry and they're sad, and you kind of know what they're going for, uh, and I really appreciate that. I was disappointed that it didn't win the Polaris Prize this year but oh well at least they got nominated but my number one album of the year is Orville Peck and his album Pony you mentioned earlier in the show about the soundtracks albums of the year post I actually wrote about this so anyone want to go and check that out you can kind of basically I'm going to rehash it a little bit I kind of describe this record as think of an Elvis Presley song or a Johnny Cash song or any sort of really old country song and you you think you remember how it sounds and you you kind of know the beat and you kind of know the, the chorus but then it gets a little bit fuzzy and you can't really remember it anymore and the more you try to remember it the more distorted it becomes that's basically what it's like listening to this album where it's you trying to remember what a country album sounds like and then going through all these like weird dreams of trying to put it all together. It's kind of like a bit of a David Lynch film, but in album format. Yeah, no, this this album is sweet, man. Like I, I it took me a while to listen to it. But like once I did, I was like, whoa, like, I don't know. I remember you writing in your description like it was like Something about the cowboy we uh, like all we've been waiting for or something like that. And like, I couldn't agree more. Um, I even think there's some like hints of like alt rock or Mm -hmm. indie rock in it, um, which I really like. It's a perfect country album that can be appealing to people who maybe don't like country, but they like alt rock. Like, I think it's a great transition. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Like I, I totally need to catch one of his live shows and it's, it's just crazy to think that last year he was just playing um, one of the Exclaim showcases and now like 
he's just huge. So. Yeah, it's weird seeing him pop up on all these like different U.S. festivals that are, are starting to announce their like early 2020 lineups, and it's just wild. And also yeah. like I think you can't understate just how good of a voice he has. Sometimes it's it's a little bit. Um, overwhelmed by the different guitar and the production values but then there's certain songs like um kansas remembers me now or old river and you just like hear what a booming powerful voice he has and it's absolutely terrific and it's uh, not surprising in the slightest that he's going to become a huge star totally and i like how you like don't know who he is too i think that's super cool but yeah that's that's it that these are our top albums of the decade would love to hear what you listeners think about it. Um, but Dakota, I want to thank you for your time today and putting time into building all of this. Um, I'm I'm really glad we had a really successful episode one of the Wavy podcast. Everyone stay tuned. There's going to be some really cool episodes coming. Um, this is just the beginning. But yeah, thank you so much, Dakota. Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. It was a really good time to get go down memory lane and revisit some of the music that I think has helped shape who I am. Yeah, good. You know what? I'm looking forward to the next decade, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But thank you all for listening. <laughs>